Simply Jesus, that's our series. We're in John. Who, who wants to be in John today? Come on now. You guys all are like half, half awake. So, uh, all right, open your Bible to John. We're going to get there. Um, I just want to recap. Last week, we talked about Jesus revealed last week. Jesus revealed. And then we had those uh, little uh, commitment cards or, or response cards. Do you remember those? Who remembers the response card? Awesome. Some of you guys filled those out. I just wanted to give you some stats on those response cards because God did a great work. So 126 people checked the box. I want to receive Jesus Christ. Not deny him, but receive him. Okay. And I'm sure not all of those were like first-time commitments. Some of those, a lot of those, except especially in the second service, I said, hey, just write the date down when you accepted Jesus right there. And so a lot of people were saying, hey, I'm recommitting my life to the Lord. But there were several first-time commitments as well, and we celebrate that. It's so amazing. Um, so pumped to hear Josh, too. Like Eight, eight. Man, that was great. Then this, the second thing was, I want to be baptized. Right After we're saved, the next thing we do because we want to reveal Jesus Christ, is we want to be baptized. And so 23 people said, hey, I want to be baptized. So it ought to be a lot of fun on March 31st. I don't know how many of those will be here and be baptized, but it ought to be a lot of fun. You want to be there. And I would also say to you, if you have somebody that you've been discipling that hasn't been baptized, what a great opportunity. We don't do it every week, but if, man, just bring them and uh, with the opportunity to baptize them would be sweet. And then the last one was declare Jesus this week. Good little check-in. I checked that box. Did I tell anybody about Jesus? Did I have an opportunity? So declare Jesus um, this week. And 115 people checked that. Um, and that's a lot of the people that checked uh, receive also checked that. So there's double on that. So it's pretty sweet. Today we're going to get after... Jesus recognized, okay? Jesus revealed last week, Jesus recognized. So some people say seeing is believing. Have you ever heard that? Seeing is believing. I think if we see something, a lot of times we believe it. Um, maybe you don't believe somebody telling you a story of like, yeah, I dunked. I dunked last week. My son, yeah, I don't believe it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, I don't believe it. You know, like I can't, I can't believe that. He's white, <laughs> like his dad, like big time, big time, ground bound, mound of rebound. That was my claim to fame in college basketball. So seeing is believing. I want, I want to get after something today that's a little different than that, right? I want you to see without your eyes. You're like, what? <laughs> there is a seeing without the eyes, right? We're not talking about visualizing something. We're talking about recognizing something. Okay, there's a difference. And uh, so I'll, I have Brent here, I thought, as a way of prayer, right before I read the passage, because there's going to be seeing, 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 seeing. I saw, I saw, I'd seen um, in the passage. I want you to know that it's not just physical. I want you to know that it's spiritual, like we were talking about last week. And so I thought, just as a prayer to start our service, we would just sing this together. Um, the song's called Open the Eyes of My Heart. Okay? Just a couple choruses. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. You open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. 
that for you, but I can't do that for you. And so I thought we might just pray and ask God to do what only He can do. And that's open our heart up to His Word. So let me read it for you from John. John's the fourth Gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Fourth book in the New Testament. John chapter 1, verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? Remember last week we studied who is Jesus? John the Apostle writing about Jesus, writing about John the Baptist, who was the forerunner to Jesus. But John must have had a pretty good ministry as well. He must have been baptizing a lot of people and doing a lot of cool stuff because... They were coming out going like, who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed. Just want to make it clear twice. <laughs> I am not the Christ. And he asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? One talked about in Deuteronomy chapter 18, and he said, No. His answers are getting shorter. Just, just to be clear. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord. That's from Isaiah 40, verse 3 as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then, if you're a nobody, everybody say nobody. If you're a nobody, if you're not anybody special, why then, then why are you baptizing? Because that's a special thing. If you're neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, John answered them, I baptize with water. Big deal. But among you stands one who you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. It's kind of weird. 
you untie sandals? I don't know. just doesn't make sense in our culture. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, he, John, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now, something's happened in between these two days. Either Jesus showed up or Jesus was baptized or something's different because he's calling it out. If Jesus would have been there the day before, he would have been like, well, that's the guy that you're looking for. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. Like, But John, you were born first and Jesus was born second. How does that work? And he's really recognizing that Jesus was God and he's eternal like we studied last week. That he wasn't just born, he always existed. I myself did not know him. He's like, I didn't even know. (laughs) But for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. Here's his testimony. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. When did that happen? Anybody know? Anybody theological Bible scholar? When he got baptized. Yeah, right. Like when he got baptized, that happened. So Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3. uh, Lord willing, we'll read one of those later. That's when the Spirit came down on Jesus. I myself did not know him. He just wants to reiterate that. I didn't even know. This is my cousin. My second cousin. I didn't even know he's the Messiah. I just thought we were cool. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. See, Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptize means to immerse. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is so much more important than being covered with water. That's what he's saying. It's like, I'm just nobody. I baptize with water. But there's this guy, and he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And that's awesome. And I have seen and have borne witness, as in I recognize, (laughs) that this is the Son of God. That's our food for today. And we're going to get after it. And the point is, we want to see Jesus recognized. So, John, let's learn from John the Baptist, from his testimony today, how to recognize Jesus. And here's the point. I need to recognize that, number one. I need, everybody say, I need. I do. I really do. Seriously. You think, well, I just, I need, you know. Everybody say, I need. I do. That was a different I need. I don't know if you really realized that, but like that was like, I really do need it. I need it. I need to recognize I am not the hero. I'm not the main character of the story of life. I'm not the hero, but I should point to him. I'm not the hero. I'm not the main guy. I'm not the main man, the main woman. But I'm pointing to him. 
That's what my life's all about. And you can see this from John. And this is the testimony, right? The Jews sent... So the religious leaders of the Jews sent priests and Levites. They were sent from the Pharisees. We learned that in verse 24. From Jerusalem, like... Dun, 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 dun. You might like to do that. Come on. You guys got to loosen up today. Dun, dun, t- Come on. I mean, these guys are like, mm, scowl on face. We got to take notes and figure out who you are. We got to report to the authorities. It's like, all right. <laughs> really, really what these guys are. I mean, the, the, what they are, they're religious leaders. They're sent from the religious leaders. What they are is they're ritual police. You ever had any ritual police in your life? You didn't get baptized the right way. Right? Well, I don't know if you know Jesus. You don't live like me. I saw you take a drink. <laughs> I, saw, I saw you go into the movie theater. That was a big deal when I was a kid. You couldn't go to the movie theater. What? Where's that in the Bible? And there's these ritual police, right? They come up and they're like, hold on. You know, you're doing it wrong. Anybody? Yeah, if you are one. Don't say amen. All right. So these guys, these guys are there, and here's their question. What's their question? You guys, you guys got to tell me. What's their question? We're looking at the same Bible, right? What's their question? Who are you? Why are they even asking? Because he's doing something amazing. People are flocking to him. Now the question is, why are people flocking to him? Because he's doing something for the Lord, so God's blessing it. But also, I think if you get deep into the story and the timing, John was baptizing with water. Repentance, right, was his message. You need to repent. You need to be prepared for the Messiah. But somewhere in here, before this day, he had already baptized Jesus. And how you know that is, Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days after his baptism, straight into the wilderness, and then he comes back, and the day he comes back is this next day that we're going to see. And, and John gets thrown into prison, and then Jesus goes to Galilee. There's all these kind of the timetable is in there. But imagine if John baptized Jesus. He didn't know from our past. He didn't know it was Jesus. He didn't know Jesus was the hero, the main character of the story. He didn't know who that person was. But imagine if he baptized him and the Holy Spirit comes down and he goes, boom! Think about how your ministry would change if you saw Jesus. Think about how your ministry as a small group leader would change if you like met Jesus face to face. If you saw Holy Spirit come down and you heard the voice of God say, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. How would that change you? Anybody? And so John the Baptist is getting a little cranked up. He's already radical. He wears weird stuff. That's why they think he's Elijah. He eats weird stuff. He's all cranked up. And he's radical. 
and people are coming to him in droves, and his ministry is now multiplied, and they're like, who are you? What did he say? I'm not the Messiah. That's a good thing. He could have been like, yeah, I'm pretty important. I'm the guy that's pointing to the Messiah. But that's not what he said. He said, I'm not who you think I am. I'm not the guy. I'm not the hero. I'm not the main character. I'm not the Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. They all would have known that term. Christ, okay? Christ, Messiah, it's Christ is Greek and Messiah is Hebrew, but they both mean anointed one. I'm not the special one, the one that's coming from God to change everything. Then this, I'm not Elijah. Elijah was the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. Never saw death, was caught up. So he's like, oh, maybe Elijah's back. Maybe God just swung him back down. He's like, I'm not Elijah. That's not who I am. Why would they even think that? Well, Malachi 4, 5, and 6. Let me turn to that here quick. Behold, I will send you. This is the last words in the Old Testament before 400 years of silence with God. Behold, listen now, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Maybe that's why they're looking for Elijah. Because Elijah is supposed to come before the Lord, the Messiah, the Anointed One comes to reign and rule. And then this, Luke chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. So this is a verse for telling John's birth and telling Zechariah, his dad, this is what your son's going to be. This is who this person that I'm giving you, right? Remember, Elizabeth was barren, but this is a miracle. It says, uh, he's going to turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. So his dad was told he's going to be like Elijah. He's not Elijah, but he's going to be like Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. That's what your son's going to do. So I would say to you, had they received Jesus Christ as Messiah, as Christ, as anointed one, then John would have fulfilled the prophecy that they were looking for. But since they rejected him, Elijah's still coming, and we know that from Old Testament prophecy, or from, from uh, end times prophecy. Elijah will be back. All that to say, John knows he's not the hero of the story, but what he doesn't know is he is an important character. That's interesting, isn't it? Isn't that true in our lives? Sometimes we're like, I'm nobody but you're really somebody. You really are somebody to Jesus. You really do have an important work to do. And you really do have a very cool identity. He loves you. 
He wants to use you. And the way he can do that is when you're humble and are clear that I'm not the hero of the story. That's what our world wants, right? Everyone wants to be Captain Marvel. So cool. I went and saw the movie. Yeah, it was cool. Like everybody wants to be Thor or the Hulk. Everybody wants to be the hero. Nobody wants to be like the sidekick. Nobody wants to be like the guy that knows the hero. And I would just say, can we change our thinking a little bit? We need to change our thinking. We need to remember we're not the hero, but we can point. I can reflect. I can reflect the glory of the hero. Look at that guy over there. And that's what John is doing. Are you the last, the prophet, the prophet? And so where does this come from? Deuteronomy 18. I'll throw that on the screen as well. Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 and 18. I'll read them for you. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, Moses is speaking, from among you, from your brothers, it is him you shall listen to, right? And uh, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among your, their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, God speaking, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Imagine that. Who's that? Anybody got a clue on who that is? Good time for the Sunday school answer. Jesus. So he's, the prophet is Jesus. And John's like, I'm not that guy. I'm not Jesus. So he says, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Then get here to this. He, they're like, but we need to know who you are. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. So here it is. What do you say about yourself? What do you say about yourself? Now I'm asking now. What do you say about yourself? You say something about yourself. Anybody got Twitter? Anybody got uh, Facebook? How about Instagram? All right, there's my page. I think the last time I, I was at a hotel in January of 2017 in Arizona. It's a pretty sweet ho- Sedona. It was a pretty sweet hotel. But that's what I say about myself. Sinner, saved by grace. Lifting high the name of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? Bringing is the wrong word. Reflecting the glory of God. That's a better word. What do you say about yourself? See, that's what they're asking. And we're all saying something about ourselves because we like to say about ourselves. We like to talk about us. And I just think that's a great way to think about it. It's like John's like, Here's what I say about myself. I say I'm a voice, not even a person. I thought about preaching from behind the curtain today so you couldn't even see me. You'd just hear the voice. You'd be like, that's weird. Can I get an amen on that? That's weird. Right? But, but that's the point. That's what John's saying. John's saying, I'm not even out there. I'm just, you just hear me. Are you hearing me? But you can't see me. I'm just the voice. I'm not the man. I'm just the voice. I'm just the message. Make straight the way of the Lord. Just like Isaiah said. Let me ask you this. Are you the hero of your own story? 
I mean, just be honest with yourself for a second. I grew up, I thought I was like the guy, the hero of my own story, the main character of my own movie, all the attention's on me. Kind of seems normal in our world, doesn't it? I mean, it, it's kind of normal to think that way. That's normal. And so I'm asking us to be abnormal, not to be normal like the world, and to think differently. Jesus is the main character. And John and I have nothing to say about myself because we're sent to point to Jesus. Is that clear? That's the point. That's recognizing who Jesus really is and recognizing what my role really is in sharing Jesus with other people. None of us are anything. Sure, we're special in the eyes of Jesus, but apart from Jesus, we are nothing. Jesus is everything. And when we abide in Him, we're everything too. It's pretty awesome. This second point, coming from the next section, I need to recognize that I am not worthy. You're like, this just gets better. First, I'm nothing. Now I'm not worthy to be nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, John's making a point. He's not saying you should think less of yourself. He's not even saying you should think of yourself less. You know what he's saying? You should think about Jesus more. That's what he's saying. It's like, he's not telling you have low self-esteem. He's not telling you you're worse than dirt. What he's telling you is, my eyes are on the mission. My eyes are on my master. My eyes are on Jesus. And I love learning from his example. They were sent from the Pharisees. It says, they asked him, then why are you baptizing? If you're Mr. Nobody, you can't give us an answer, then let's just get to what you're doing. Why are you baptizing exactly? Because that seems kind of special. That seems like the spiritual ritual that we would perform because we're the spiritual authority. We're the religious leaders of the day. Stop it, right? So like, why then? Are you baptizing if you're neither the Christ nor the Elijah nor prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. I mean, it's just a picture. This isn't even the real deal. This is just to prepare people's hearts for what's to come. I'm nobody. I'm unworthy. But among you stands one. I think that's why Jesus had already been baptized. Because he knew he was around. But he wasn't around. Like I think somewhere around here, remember this isn't the age of cell phones. Right? He's like, somewhere around here, I know he's close, you know. Jesus stands, and you don't know him, even he who comes after me. The one I'm pointing to, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to tie, or worthy to untie. So what is he really saying? Because we don't really have sandals that tie and all that stuff. And what is he saying? In their culture, the lowest servant was the person that stood at the door. And when you came in, they took off your shoe and they washed your feet. 
And John is saying, I'm not worthy to be the lowest of low, the, the lowest servant in this guy's house. I can't even clean the toilets. Now, that doesn't really work, but that helps for us because Jesus doesn't have toilets, okay? But for us, humanly speaking, that's what it really means. I can't even clean the toilets at that person's house. I'm the lowest of low, right? He's like, I'm not even worthy. Does that have a lot to do with John and his worth? Or does that have a lot to do with Jesus and his worth? Now think about it now, lest you start to like, kind of get this self-pity going on. Like This really has nothing to do with John's worth. What did Jesus say about John? Jesus Talking about John in Matthew eleven eleven said, He is the best born of a woman. Best person ever born of a woman is John. What? So Jesus had a pretty high view of who John was. I think you can have a right view of who you are but you better have a right view of who God is, who Jesus is, and the authority he really has in your life. So, I am not worthy, but I have a mission. I do have a mission. What's the mission? Matthew 28. Matthew 28. I'm going to throw it on the screen for you. I know it's a household verse you're like, yeah, I memorized this. It's very familiar. It's the mission of our church. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All right? Now, listen. Spiritual authority comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from any, anything else. You're not born into it like these guys were. Annas, Caiaphas, keep, you're in the line. You can't go to class for it. You can't buy it with money. Spiritual authority comes from the Lord. That's it. There's nothing else. It's from God. My mission. Everybody say, my mission. Man. I have a mission. You have a mission. To glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? Make disciples. Make disciples of who? Jesus Christ. Okay, how do I do that? He gives you three things. Saved, baptized, teaching. Right? Do you see it there? He says, go, tell Paul about Jesus Christ. You can't go unless you've come. Right? You can't ask people to accept Jesus Christ if you've never accepted Him on your own. Right? He says, baptize. You can't baptize people if you've never been baptized. That's great hypocrisy. I mean, really. Like, hey, Jesus called me to baptize you. Get in the tank. Let's go. 
Hey, tell me your story. You ever been baptized? Nah. Didn't think that was important. Like, you can't do that. You can't fulfill the mission Jesus gave you if you're not baptized. And then teach, right? So, in order to teach everyone, which is the mission, observe all things, okay? Ben, you gotta, you gotta observe it all. I'm gonna teach you things week in, week out, right? But in order to teach, I have to learn and grow. So, are you saved in order to go? Are you baptized in order to baptize? Could you bring somebody on the 31st of March that you've been discipling and baptize them because you've been baptized? And then are you teaching them because you've learned and grown yourself from the Word of God and so you have something to teach other people? That is our mission. Are you up for that mission? That's the mission Jesus Christ left us. He said, do this until I return. You say, how can I do this? I'm just not worthy. Remember the first part. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. You can do this by staying close to Jesus, by abiding in Jesus. We'll get to John 15 soon, as in half a year from now. Go read it this week. Truly, you don't know who you are until you know who Jesus is. Do you get that? Somebody needs that today. You don't really know who you are until you know who Jesus is. All right, this last point. I need to recognize... I need to recognize that Jesus is God and invite others to recognize Him. I need to recognize that Jesus is God and invite others to recognize Him. So, here it is, verse 29. The next day, so um, kind of like the beginning, in the beginning, uh, in Genesis, Day one, day two, day three, the evening, the morning. He's giving you a picture. In verse 19, he says, this is the testimony. That's day one. Then in verse uh, 29 is day two. Then in verse uh, 35, we'll get to that next week, is day three. And then in verse uh, 43 is day four. So there's these different days that are happening. Isn't it so cool that the Bible tells us about the days of Jesus' life? It's amazing, right? But if in four days all this happened, then there's no way between verse 20, I've been studying this all week. I was like, between verse 28 and between verse 29, surely Jesus gets baptized. Because something changes. Because John sees Jesus, he's like, behold the Lamb of God! Woo! You know? What changed? He knows he's the one that he's supposed to point to. But remember, Jesus was gone in the wilderness for 40 days. So that's why I'm saying what I said earlier. Jesus had been baptized by John. John knew who he was. He's like, whoa, my eyes are open. I realize, I recognize who Jesus is, that he's the Messiah. I thought he was just my cousin. But he's the Messiah. He's the one. He's like, this is crazy. 
I'm hoping you have that eye-opening experience today. Like, I never, I thought Jesus was just a good dude. I thought he was just like here, you know, around. I didn't know he was God. I didn't know I was supposed to worship him. I didn't know he was the Messiah. That's crazy. That's recognizing Jesus for who he really is. And John does that here. Jesus must roll back into town. Is he a little thinner after 40 days? I'm thinking so, right? But John recognizes him and he's like, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, listen people, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's a huge statement. They knew what the Lamb meant. They offered the Passover lamb every year. Each family. Everybody got it. That's the atoning sacrifice for my sin. One year at a time. But now you're calling Him the Lamb of God? He's going to take away the sin of the world? Yeah, read Hebrews. Once and for all, He died for sin. This is astounding. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. This guy's eternal. I myself didn't even know him. I didn't even know. He's like, this is so crazy. I thought he was my cousin, but he's not my cousin. He's like, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But for this purpose, I came baptizing with water. See, this is why I came at all. I came baptizing with water that this guy, now his name is Jesus. I'm putting a name and a face to the person I came to point to. How much faith would it take to be John and point to somebody you didn't even know who you were pointing to? And then how much would your ministry increase when you were like, I know who I'm pointing to now. See, if you've been going to church all your life and you think Jesus is just a fun thing, but He's not your Master and Lord, He's just hopefully my lunch ticket to heaven. Man, I'm telling you, today ought to change everything for you. Because Jesus is the Lord, the Messiah, and that ought to change everything for you. You ought to be telling everybody you know what you know now pretty cool that he might be revealed to israel and john bore witness this is what we do people this is what we do because we're followers of jesus christ we're not just trying to ride a ticket on a train to heaven we're actually living in eternal life we have christ in us the hope of glory and so we're like i saw the spirit right descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself didn't even know him. He said that twice now. But he who sent me, God himself, baptize, to baptize with water, said to me, this is how you're going to know who it is. He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now, you've got to see this. So Matthew 3 is a good place to go. 
Luke 3 is a good place to go. But I have Mark chapter 1. Okay, Mark chapter 1. I'm just going to turn there and read it for you. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Sound familiar? Anybody? Yeah, sounds familiar. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make the, his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. To, why? To prepare the Messiah. And all the country of the Judea and all Jerusalem were going out, even the spiritual leaders, to him and were being baptized by him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, that's why they thought he was Elijah, and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. Can I get a weird? That is weird. But that's exactly what Elijah act like. So that's why they're confused. And he preached saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3 and Luke 3 add, and fire. Because you're either baptized with the Holy Spirit, as in you're full of God and you're going to heaven, or you're baptized with fire, which means you're full of judgment and you're in hell. Right? So they add that word. I just want to tell you that since I'm not reading from there. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. This is added here. wasn't in John, but more here, and it's added in all the others. You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Who wants that? Yes, I want that. Jesus got that from his dad. How amazing. The Spirit immediately drove him out, of the, out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan and was with the wild animals, and the angels ministered to him. After John was arrested, you could keep reading it. Jesus went up to Galilee. Okay, so all of this, John the Baptist testifying to the fact that Jesus is God. He's the Son of God. He says it this way, proving His deity. And I have seen and bore witness that this is the Son of God. Ask, ask me this. Okay, hey, let me ask you this. Had John ever seen Jesus before with his eyes? It's his cousin. They probably were like at Passover together. But had he ever recognized who Jesus was? So, you probably heard about Jesus when you were like two, three, your earliest memories. And if not, I'm sorry. But a lot of us grew up hearing about Jesus. It was just household. It was just like, of course, Jesus. Of course, I love him. Of course, he loves me. Of course. But have you ever had the moment where you recognize Jesus? 
I recognize that Jesus is God. As in my only spiritual authority. As in my master, my Lord. As in all I want to do today is serve Him. And because that's what I want and believe, I'm convicted about it, convinced of it like John the Baptist was, I can't wait to tell you about that. So there's that piece of Jesus is God and I invite others to recognize Him too. It's not enough that I recognize who He is. Do you get it? And we don't beat people up with the fact that we recognize it, but we at least try to unveil their eyes. We at least try to tell them about who he really is versus who the world says he is. This is what I'm calling our church to today. I'm calling us to invite people to recognize Jesus. Right? If you don't recognize Jesus, I'm calling you to recognize Jesus today. But if you do recognize who Jesus is, that I'm calling you to invite others to recognize who he is. Easter's coming up. It's said everybody goes to church on Easter. I don't know if that's true anymore in our secular society, but at least it's worth an, worth an ask. At least it's worth testifying, telling your story. That begins with the picture of baptism. You don't have a story if you don't have the picture, right? So get baptized on March 31st so you can go tell everybody, man, look at the picture of what happened inside of me. And then just keep telling people about Jesus Christ, our late Lord and Savior. Are you convinced that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I ask you this almost every week. But I'm wondering if today, by God's grace, he's, Jesus has opened up your eyes to see it for what it really is. That Jesus is God and that he came to earth in a human body to live a perfect life, to die a sinless death, a blood payment, a human sacrifice, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Has He taken your sin away? Have you ever asked Him? God, I'm a sinner. Will you please, Jesus, take my sin away? If you've never done that, today's a good day to do that. And then, are you willing to tell everyone? If one is true, two should be true as well. Are you willing to tell everyone about Jesus? And that starts with your own baptism in water and then goes forth in continuing to tell about your story. And so I exhort you, be baptized. Right? Not only in water, but first in the Holy Spirit. Right? So you're here today, immersed. Are you immersed? Head to toe. Everything in me is full of the Spirit of God. Is that true? I want that. Do you want that? I pray that that's what we want every minute of every day. Let's pray to that end. God, thank you for being the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We so badly want you in our life. We want you to fill us from head to toe. We want you to immerse, 
us, right? In who you are. So many times we're talking about you being in us, but we want to be in you. So God, would you just surround us, fill us with who you are. Thank you for letting us recognize you again today. And I pray that we'll recognize you with our lives all week. Because you are the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Let us tell the world who you really are. And may it be for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.